singers and I, Ed Peters, welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. We return today to Acts chapter 19, looking once again at Luke's account of the riot in Ephesus. Paul's teaching and preaching in Ephesus and in the surrounding area had changed the lives of many people and was hurting the income of those that depended on the sales of shrines and images of the goddess Diana for their livelihood. So a silversmith by the name of Demetrius called a meeting of these people. This meeting resulted in a riot involving the entire city. Finally, the mayor of the city was able to quiet the crowd down enough to speak to them. We begin to look at his speech on our previous study, and we will continue to focus on it today. As we continue our study of Luke's account of the riot in Ephesus, the following question arises. What is the best for the church, to be persecuted or patronized? Now, here to bring us our study for today is Pastor Henry Harder. A mob had gathered in the theater in Ephesus. 
The city had a problem. It related to survival. Maritime trade was falling off since the harbor was silting up. Their only hope for survival was the lucrative business which the world-famous Temple of Artemis generated. Worshippers came from all over the civilized world. They needed housing, food, care, and they needed images in their worship of the goddess. Furthermore, since the temple also served as a bank for individuals, businesses, and even whole cities, it was important to the welfare of the community that the worship of Artemis be sustained. The opposite was happening. The gospel had penetrated the community to the extent that the worship of Artemis was being neglected and sales pertaining to the temple were down. Emergency measures were called for. The mob was in an uproar. The chief city official, who would be blamed by Rome if things got out of hand, climbed the podium and addresses the crowd. His first point was that everyone knew that the image of Artemis had its origin in the sky. It had fallen from heaven. Paul had talked about man-made images, and the image of Artemis wasn't man-made. So he told the crowd in modern terminology, cool it. His second point was that Gaius and Aristarchus, Paul's friends, whom this mob had dragged along, were really innocent. His exact words were, You have brought these men here, though they have neither robbed temples nor blasphemed our goddess. These Christians are innocent of any crime against Artemis. They haven't robbed the temple, and since the image of Artemis isn't man-made, they haven't blasphemed her either. His third point, There are legal ways to deal with problems. Mob action isn't the way to go. The clerk's words were, if then Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen have a grievance against anybody, the courts are open, and there are proconsuls. They can press charges. If there is anything further you want to bring up, it must be settled in a legal assembly. This mob was an illegal assembly, and Rome did not tolerate such gatherings. There were nine cities in the province of Asia where legal assemblies presided over by a proconsul would meet in turn. Ephesus was one of these cities. That was the orderly way of doing things. Rome did not tolerate this disorderly attempt. The clerk's reasoned, calm handling of the mob was effective. After he had said this, he dismissed the assembly, and evidently they all returned to their homes quietly. Paul, his companions, and the gospel had been vindicated. Evidently, Paul had not poked fun at their belief that the image of Artemis had fallen from heaven. He had used restraint, which now stood the Christian cause in good stead. There are still many people, educated and uneducated, who sincerely believe in what to us seems ridiculous and absurd. But such beliefs are often very deep and strong and with long traditions. It becomes extremely difficult and sometimes painful for such persons to change their belief systems. Gentleness and patience is called for. This Paul and his companions exhibited here in Ephesus. Before I close today, I want to focus first on Demetrius and his silversmiths, then on what the city official accomplished. To these silversmiths, religion was only important for what they could get out of it. They used it for their own purposes. 
their god or goddess was Artemis. But there are those who claim the true God and Jesus Christ, who do so only for what they can get out of it. God must be particularly displeased, to put it nicely, with those who make fortunes from religion, whether that religion is true or false. But money isn't the only product. I'm thinking also of those who use Judo-Christian principles and morals to promote ungodly causes. I heard a man not long ago promote the cause of human freedom, and he used the Bible. Only the freedom he promoted was anything but biblical. It was a freedom free of all moral restraints. Nothing could be further from biblical truth. The freedom the Bible promotes has careful ethical and moral restraints. Man is not free to do anything he pleases. Freedom is not to be unlimited and uncontrolled. God never intended Christians to become rich through the use of religion, nor did he intend for the Bible's principles to be used for personal, immoral, or unethical ends. What Demetrius and his friends did has long arms and reaches into many areas. I focus for a moment on what this city official did. He was clearly a worshiper of Artemis, but when he got through, the Christian cause was furthered. The lynch mob was dispersed. Christianity was vindicated. Who helped the cause of Christ more? Demetrius or the city official? Or, to put it another way, who hurt the cause of Christ more? Demetrius or this official? The unbeliever who persecuted or the unbeliever who seemed to help? It's an interesting question. Actually, the truth is that Demetrius, who persecuted the church, helped the church, while the clerk who got the church off the hook harmed the church. Here is what G. Campbell Morgan had to say about it. The church persecuted has always been the church pure, and therefore the church powerful. The church patronized has always been the church in peril, and very often the church paralyzed. G. Campbell Morgan said, I am not afraid of Demetrius. Let him have his meeting of craftsmen, and let them in their unalterable folly shout a lie 25,000 strong. The truth goes quietly on. But when the town clerk begins to take care of us, then God deliver us from evil. I read many years ago that the devil never harmed the church by opposing it, but by joining it. I am concerned when Christianity is vindicated by an anti-Christian world system, when it becomes popular to be a Christian. Interestingly enough, the church at Ephesus that was so well-born, now vindicated, laid aside its armor and it went to sleep. Wolves crept in. Its love grew cold, as John puts it in Revelation. Its lamp went out and its lampstand was removed. It died. If Demetrius had won that day instead of the city clerk, perhaps the church in Ephesus, perhaps even in Turkey, would have survived. History might well have been different. Think about it. Shout!
Production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.